0: Today on Peace Talks Radio, we revisit the Creativity for Peace program, whose camp for adolescent girls from all sides of the Middle East conflict we spotlighted on a previous program.
1: Now I have more hope for peace and that we can live together. I'm just glad
2: (laughs) that I came here.
0: This time round, we talk with two young women from opposite sides in the Middle East conflict who learned tolerance and peacemaking skills at the summer camp years ago.
2: Many times, instead of really listening, we're thinking what we're going to say. And that is not listening. And that is something that needs to be practiced so hard.
0: Now this Palestinian and Israeli Jew are trying to share what they've learned as peace leaders with the next generation of campers and bravely back in their homeland.
1: All the people in the car, they were in fear. Like, Juana stop. Don't talk to the soldier. He will arrest you or he will hit you or shoot you or something. And my dad was so afraid. But even that, I talked to him. In some point, he's a person, he's a human, and he will think about it.
0: Creativity for peace making a difference in the Middle East. That's today on Peace Talks Radio. This is Peace Talks Radio, the series on peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution. Palestinian Juana Galeb from Jenin City on the West Bank is 22 years old now, but she can never forget what happened to her as a child when she came face to face with the israeli military presence
1: i was in 5th grade and it was curfew in my uh, city and i wasn't know that it's curfew i was going to my uh, school and uh, wearing my uh, school bag and suddenly i saw a tank out of my house and the soldiers started uh, calling me and he told me that it's curfew, why are you here? And he puts the gun on my head. And I was so little child, I didn't even understand what's going on. So I think this moment really affect my life and make me always feel uh, that I want really to live in a safe life and to live in peace without seeing uh, tanks or soldiers in my city or curfew or someone prevent me to move. And from this reason, that's why I feel that I need to participate in peace program, because I don't want to see my children in the future live the same life that I'm living right now and in the past.
0: The peace program that Juana refers to is called Creativity for Peace, which brings together young girls from all sides of the Middle East conflict to share their personal stories while participating in a summer camp in New Mexico and at follow-up gatherings in their homelands. Joanna sits in our radio studio in New Mexico next to another young woman whom she used to regard as the enemy, an Israeli Jew named Mai Freed, who herself had her brushes with violence and also attended the Creativity for Peace camp. Mai is now 23. She told our host Carol Boss that her village in northern Israel is only a 50-minute drive from the Lebanese border.
2: What I knew as in Arabs were like the bombing that we got from Lebanon. And I d- couldn't know the difference. I didn't know what is like, what's coming from Lebanon, what's coming from... I just knew that like Arabs ate us. That's what I grew up in feeling. I remember my uncle, I think, was recruited to the army again. He was like in his 40s already. When the Intifada in Jenin started, they sent them to Jenin, So my family was mainly busy worrying about what's gonna to happen to him because, because we didn't know what's going on there. We just heard there is a lot of, of, of mess going on, a lot of fighting, people killing. I this didn't know what's the meaning, not, not really.
3: Here you are, Zwana from the West Bank, Palestinian from the West Bank, and my Israeli from Israel, sitting at the same table. When you were very, very young, did you imagine that this would happen one day?
2: No.
1: No, at all.
3: How does it feel to have it happen?
1: It's a great experience. It was my decision.
2: It feels like the right way.
0: These two young women were among the girls who gathered in Glorieta, New Mexico, some years ago for one of the annual Creativity for Peace camp sessions. Today on Peace Talks Radio, we'll hear how these two young women came to the Creativity for Peace camp, what they learned there about tolerance and peacemaking, and how afterwards they challenged themselves to live and speak a message of peace back home as a result of hearing the stories from the, quote, other side, the side they were brought up to think of as simply the enemy. I'm Peace Talks Radio producer Paul Ingalls with Carol Boss. Whether it's the search for inner peace or learning how to resolve conflicts we have with others in our families, workplaces, communities, or between nations, we consider it here on Peace Talks Radio, the series on peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution. As a prelude to today's conversation with these two young leaders from the Creativity for Peace program, let's take a quick look back. In 2005, we visited an event put on by the Creativity for Peace folks in Santa Fe, New Mexico. That year, the project was just in its second year of existence. And they were wrapping up one of their two-week summer camp sessions by having the young girls, Israelis, Palestinians, and Arab Israelis share monologues, their personal stories, with a local audience. Here's some excerpts from that program.
4: I hope peace will follow all the riots, all the sorrow, I hope I can find
0: in my soul peace of mind. In a Santa Fe synagogue, musician Donald Rubenstein sings to an overflow crowd. As Rubenstein plays, teenage girls file in from different corners of the room, to fill 14 empty chairs that face the audience. These youngsters have come from different corners of the Middle East as well to be here, from the West Bank, from Gaza, from Israel. Some are Israeli, some are Palestinian, some are Jewish, some Christian, some Muslim. This event is the culmination of a two-week summer camp for all of them. The Creativity for Peace camp has, for several years now, brought groups of youngsters out of their land of conflict, fear, and violence to gather in northern New Mexico to meet each other, to share their experiences, and to learn skills for leadership, trust, reconciliation, and peaceful coexistence. Bonds of friendship also form between them. Professional dialogue counselors work with the youngsters, who have each written a monologue that they'll present at the synagogue on this night. They express their fears as well as their hopes for peace. The girls approach the microphone in groups of three each representing a different side of the East conflict. A Palestinian Muslim girl named Sabrine wears a headscarf and speaks through a translator.
4: Sometimes I feel that my pen is my land. When I write, I try to write from my heart. I would need many notebooks, to write about checkpoints, as they are the worst thing I have ever experienced in my life. When I left Gaza and came to America with my friends to attend the peace camp, we had to pass through a number of checkpoints. Each time, it felt like I was being robbed of my self-respect when the soldiers spoke to us slowly, forcefully, and with a teasing insolence that was so humiliating. They asked us to take some of our clothes off, and it felt like someone drained my soul. If they weren't so concerned about world opinion, I'm sure they would have asked us to undress completely, standing naked in front of everyone. They treat you worse than an animal, and you can't even know who's giving you orders. The guard speaks down to you from a tower high above the ground, so far up that you can only catch his eyes if you squint. For me, it is the worst feeling in the world to have to encounter such difficulties and endure such humiliation just to leave Gaza and wait for hours on end to pass through the checkpoint I hope that one day my land will be free, so I could live in it in peace, and without checkpoints.
0: Ferouz, an Arab Muslim living in Israel, is next.
5: I think the world is going crazy around us. Wars are everywhere. People are getting killed every day, and I feel like I fit in the middle of this. I don't know who I am, or where I come from. It's actually hard for me to talk or write about my land because I feel I don't have any land. I don't feel like I belong to any place. It's like, on one hand, I live in Israel, which is considered a Jewish country. I feel I'm unwanted there, the black sheep of the country. Who says that I don't want to be a normal citizen there? I I pay taxes, I speak Hebrew. Isn't it enough? Or should I go into the army and serve there? On the other hand, I'm an Arab girl but I don't live with Arabs. I don't speak Arabic all the time because people can't understand me. I wish that I would have land to belong to, to be free there, to be equal like everyone else, and to live in peace, but real peace. The world land or my land doesn't make sense to me. This comes from my heart, and I can't lie to myself. Who says that I want to continue being considered like the eternal enemy from both of the sides? It seems to me that we are not going to live in peace anymore because we still believe that we have enemies. Enemy, I heard this word. I think that the real enemy of you is yourself. If you want to believe that you have enemies, it's your problem. You have to wait to fight yourself and do whatever your heart tells you, not what your brain tells you, because hearts are never wrong. It's time to say stop. We want to live. Stop your madness. Our grandparents taught us a lot of things and we should learn from their experiences. A new generation will be born from us and I will raise my children to think differently.
0: Audie is an Israeli Jewish teen.
6: It's so hard for me to hear some people's opinions. I love Israel. It's my home, it's my love, it's my family. Each day I hear conversation of my parents and their fears about my brother within the army. I will never apologize about my rights to live in this country that my grandparents built in their own hands. No soldier enjoys being in Gaza or Mala or the checkpoints, but it's the only way to prevent suicide bombers and give a feeling of safety to the citizens of Israel, Jews and Arabs want. I wish the Intifada would stop. My opinions have grown at this camp, and I feel the only solution is to take the land of Israel and split it into two countries. One side the Arabs and on the other side the Jews. On every side there are people that are extreme and they, want, and they want all the land. Until they will have it, it won't be pleased. So many times there were bombings in places where I go a lot. For example, one month ago there was an explosion near the mall in Netanya. We go there a lot and my mom and I were supposed to be there a the day. I was really scared when I heard about the bombing because I could have been killed. Also, just a few days ago, there was shooting on a bus in Shufaram, an Arab-Israeli village. The man who shot people was an Israeli soldier. My dad works there and one of his employees warned him after the shooting to leave because he's a Jew who works in an Arab community. Both of those examples show that the violence comes from both sides. I wish someday that we could live in peace, and I hope that the suffering of my grandparents and all the Israeli people will end. I hope I can play a small part in this.
0: After the monologues, three of the girls who attended the Creativity for Peace camp giggled and joked with each other as Carol Boss gathered them for an interview. Yil, an Israeli Jewish girl, Nardine, an Arab Christian living in Israel, and Sabrine, a Palestinian Muslim.
3: I was wondering how you benefited from your participation in this program. So what is one of the most important or significant things that's happened to you here while you were here?
6: You
2: said that the most important thing that she gets from the camp to open our hearts, to talk about our suffering, about our feeling, about our own opinion. And after that, even that we have such different opinions, to get one, one opinion, include all, all the opinions, and to hug each other.
3: And Nardine?
1: Well, first of all, here I learned that uh, we can begin from uh, small groups to be an uh, important thing in the future. And uh, about when I'm coming home, I, I would like to keep in touch with all the girls, and uh, now I have more hope for peace and that we can live together. I'm just glad <laughs> that
6: I came here.: <laughs>
3: And what was the most fun for you in these
6: couple of weeks?: I am When
2: we went to the mall. They went to some store that there's wedding dresses and elegant dress. So most of them...
1: We tried and took pictures with them. They drew
2: the dress and took pictures. So that's why I'm so fun with them.
0: Creativity for Peace Camp participants in 2005 with Carol Boss. Carol wanted to get back in touch with a couple of the program's earliest campers who had gone on to become peace leaders in the program and advocates for peace in their own lives, as a result of their experiences with Creativity for Peace, to see if there was some lasting impact. It hasn't been easy for Palestinian Joanna Galeb and Israeli Jew My Freed, but they have remained committed to working for peace and were in New Mexico again in the summer of 2012 to help inspire and train a new set of adolescent campers. Joanna responds first to Carol's question about their first steps on this journey years ago.
3: How did you find yourself going to Creativity for Peace camp?
1: Uh, Actually, in 2006, when I was in 10th grade, a friend of mine told me about the Creativity for Peace uh, organization. His sister was uh, involved in it. And it was a very strange uh, idea for me to travel with Israeli, with the other side, with enemies. And I felt afraid to share it with my dad, and I think uh, that he will not uh, allow me to go. But then I think more about it, and I think in a deep way, and I just feel that I really want to meet the other side and uh, listen to them and share about my suffering and what their army doing in my place. I talked to my dad about it, and uh, he told me, "No, know, yes, you can... Uh, go but my mother she was so afraid she told me what you want to travel with the israeli girls and sleep with them in the same room maybe they will kill you at night or something like this and she was really so afraid but uh, at the end i tried uh, i succeed to convince both of them and i uh, uh, came to the camp in 2006 uh, first year as a camper and i it was um, very unique uh experience for me to live with the other side in the same house and to to share with them our stories to talk to listen to each other and the most important lesson that I gained from Creativity for Peace during uh, my participation uh, is how to listen to the to others even if I don't agree with their point of views but still respect them. This lesson really helped me a lot in my life Even in my daily life in Palestine At the university also
3: Joanna, when your mother expressed her fears About you being at camp with Israelis Did you have some doubts about how The Israelis would treat you Before going to camp?
1: Yeah, sure I have That's why I wasn't sure about going Or not going to the camp
3: Any particular fear? Or doubt?
1: Yeah, like it's uh, it's normal because uh, they are the other side. I used to see them, the occupation, the army. So I had this fear in my heart, and like every time when my mom we called me when I was in the camp, she used to tell me, "Don't uh, don't share about uh, your uh, feelings or your uh, thoughts. Just uh, listen, but don't talk." Because, like, she was afraid of me that some of the girls will do something when they will hear me. My mom, till now, she's afraid from what I'm doing. Every time when she calls me, she's always trying to tell me, don't talk about what you think. Just, like, uh, be peaceful and don't, uh, like, uh, share about what's going on back home. Because maybe they will do something or...
3: Well, despite those fears on your mother's part, did she come around to understanding why you wanted to go to peace camp?
1: Yeah, I'm always shared this with my mom and dad.
3: So they they understand that. Yeah, yeah. but she still has this fear. So did she believe you when you told her that it went well and that you made friends?
1: Yeah, she believes me, and like we had a, a meeting in Nazareth uh, two years ago. It was with mothers also, and my mom came and she saw the other side. It was the first time for her. Oh,
3: that must have been interesting, mother and
1: daughters. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we were all the daughters and the mothers.
3: What was that like?
1: (laughs) It was a strange meeting because, like, it was the first time for us to go to the meeting with our mothers, and they didn't get used, like, to our process. So at the beginning, uh, like, uh, all of us, we sat and we make our circle, like, uh, that we introduce ourselves and where are we from and what do we feel right now. And I feel so glad that we are doing it with our mothers, like, Israeli and Palestinian mothers together. Well, not only
3: were they not used to the process, but I I would imagine that some of them were then actually meeting and sitting with the other side for the very
1: first time. Yeah. It was the first time for most of them, I'm sure. Especially the, like uh, our mothers, the girls from the West Bank, maybe the Palestinian girls and the Israeli girls. The Palestinian who lives in Israel, they see Israelis, but for us, the girls from the West Bank, it was the first time for our mom uh, for our mothers to meet the other side.
3: Wow, my, how did you find yourself arriving at uh,
2: creativity for peace camp? Um. I came from a family that always really encouraged uh, encouraged us, me and my brothers, to to love everybody. There is no reason to hate, no reason that some person will be not as equal to another. And I just didn't understand I was living in in a lot of fear sometimes, like every two, three months going through the going to shelter drills, twice a year going uh running from school back home because uh it's bombing around us, uh fear to go on buses and I didn't understand why they're doing it. I was kind of ignorant back then, didn't know a lot about what's really going on. So I think it was very important for me when my English teacher came to us and told us about this uh, summer camp. I thought it's, it's a very nice opportunity to go and and see what, what, what we can learn, to say my, my, tell about my side and hear about the other side.
0: More about what Joanna Galeb and my Fried did learn about peacemaking from the camp. Good reminders for us all about handling conflicts with others in our own lives. And also coming up some dramatic and courageous stories about how these young women have applied their lessons themselves when Peace Talks Radio continues after this break. listening to Peace Talks Radio, the series on peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution, with all of our programs going back to 2002, available to hear online at peacetalksradio.com. There are other ways to connect with us and support our work there, so please plan a visit soon to peacetalksradio.com. You can also listen to our other full episode on the Creativity for Peace program. You can find that in our 2006 season in the archive on the website. We're revisiting the story of Creativity for Peace, which includes a camp experience in the high desert of New Mexico for adolescent girls from all sides of the Middle East conflict. The girls speak their minds and speak their hearts to each other, and despite being taught to see each other as the enemy, they learn to get along and often become close friends. More importantly, perhaps, they learn important lessons in conflict resolution. Our Carol boss is today talking with two now young women who went through the camp experience and have stayed with the Creativity for Peace organization as young leaders, actively working for peace in their homelands. Palestinian Juana Galeb and Israeli Jew Mai Freed were back in New Mexico to help at the summer camp in 2012 when Carol Boss talked with them.
3: I want to ask both of you, Juana and Mai, what were some of the most significant things that you learned in the creativity for peace camp when you were campers? You mentioned listening, Juana. Talk about the significance of learning how to listen
1: at the beginning uh, when we started our dialogue sessions uh, it was so so hard to me to listen to people that I don't agree with their point of view views and I feel that I really want to hit them and I don't want to stay in this place I don't want to listen because I used to be a bad listener and uh, By the time because we have (coughs) many dialogue uh, sessions uh, I started to understand that I should listen and uh, understand and respect because when I want to talk I feel that I need someone to listen to me and to understand and respect what I said. And uh, during this process I felt that I really uh, got what I need from it. And I uh, start to listen and to be a good listener.
3: Do you Can you think of an example of one thing that stands out in your mind when you were a camper, a, about an experience of listening to another?
1: The first time when I heard the Israeli girl talking about the freedom fighters, suicide bombers and terrorists, I felt so mad and I lost my... Like, I feel that I want to to fight with her and I start shouting and I didn't accept the idea at all. But by the end of the camp, I understand the point that we are uh, two sides and every one side see, like, see the, the things from their point of view. And I understand when they uh, talk about uh, the freedom fighter in my uh, side, I understand that when they uh, talk about them uh, uh, suicide bomb. And the same thing when, uh, when uh, the Israeli girls heard me saying uh, the Israeli Zionist occupation, they felt so mad of me. And they, to- they told me, please, don't say occupation. We are not occupation. But still, I didn't change my mind. And they respect and uh, uh, accepted with me when I said it's occupation, because this is my point of view. My
3: Fried, when you got to camp, uh, did you start understanding, listening in a whole different way?
2: Yes, absolutely. You understand. I think you mainly understand it when you feel like you're not being listened. You're starting to to get a better listener because you want you want to give other people what you want to get in a way, maybe. Because for many people, it's very hard to to listen to a very very painful story without trying to share. Their, let's say, justification. Even if even if it's not justified, maybe the reason why it, why it's happened. It's very hard to just be there for that painful story, without trying to to make maybe your side look better. And it took it took a long time just to be there and to listen, and and to give the other side this space of you are being heard, and then I can share and being be heard a little bit better. Did you have a breakthrough moment for yourself? When it came to that? Not, not that I, not that I remember. I think I was very, very quiet I and mean, I was mainly listening. I'm not one of the girls that are jumping and shouting and like feeling like I'm carrying a whole country, uh, on my shoulders. So I think I was mainly listening a lot in shock of hearing what's going on. And I think even the breakthrough for me came long time after camp. When I was just dealing with the emotions that the camp brought up, the experience in the camp, I was processing them for a very, very long time afterwards until I could understand with myself what is my place and my opinions in this conflict, in this process that we're going through in the organisation. So I don't remember of like a special breakthrough moment. Maybe I remember like the, 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 the time when I realised that my suicide bombers are their freedom fighter, and my my soldiers, free, like freedom fighters, are they terrorists, and and to see that was very important for me that there isn't right side or wrong side; that there are just two sides.
3: Joanna, you mentioned that uh, at first you weren't a good listener, so I want to ask you: How did you learn to listen?
1: Uh, I learned how to listen uh, by. First of all, being patient, because it's so important. If you have uh, an idea and you want to share about it, you should... De- like, I was so patient, and uh, I, uh, I used to listen to others until the end, like, until they finish, without any interrupting, because when you interrupt the person, you lose your point, and the other one also lose what they want to say, and it becomes just a big miss, and you lose the point view that you want to tell or to share. So it's so important to listen till the end and then start to share. And we have another thing in the dialogue sessions which is to speak by turn like like when one of the girls want to share shum- something uh, she can't share it just because we want to say it if someone is talking and there's another one raising uh, another girl raising her hand she will be the second one not juana for example i have to wait for all the girls who are raising their hands and till they finish i speak and this uh, this this uh, exercise uh, makes me a good listener and uh, listening like better than uh, in the past. In the past, I used not like I don't listen. I don't want to to listen to something I not agree with. But now I have a lot of patience to listen to whatever.
3: Well, and that sounds like you got the tools. They they taught you the tools to yeah. be able to do that. So, do you have any advice for um, other people how they can become good listeners? Uh
1: first of all to be open-minded about what they want to listen and to expect anything from the other person and like uh, to the most important thing to respect the others point of views in order to stay in a good relation because if uh, everyone wants to force the, un- the others to understand and like uh, force them about some uh, ideas it will not be like working.
3: Mai, do you have any advice for for listeners about um, having
2: some listening tools for themselves? I think that every time we listen, um, if it's in about a conflict, and many times we want to jump to give justifications, or even if it's life and we want to to find right thing to answer, like right sentence that will support. uh, Many times, instead of really listening, we're thinking what we're going to say. And that is not listening. And that is something that needs to be practiced so hard because it's something that, that comes naturally. But just when you're a listener, it's not about you. It's about the other person. Give him his place. In this conflict and in general in life, it helps.
3: And I want to go back to you, Joanna, about listening again. You mentioned that the listening skills that you learned, you were able to apply to
1: your daily life. Can you give us an example of that? Uh, Actually, even uh, in my university, I have some classes that we have discussions with the professor or with the students. And there's a lot of different uh, point of views between all the students. And uh, I used to practice it uh, with them. Like, I don't agree with their... uh, point of views, but I don't jump and interrupt them. I just really listen till the end and respect what they said and try to understand why they are saying this, like by looking at their backgrounds. And uh, I uh, try to talk to them in uh, a more close way, because uh, we at the university, we came from very different uh, backgrounds and not everyone understand the others. Even we are all Palestinians, but still we have uh, some differences. So I practice it always.
3: Mai, what other skills besides listening were really significant for you that um, you took home with you from your camp experience?
2: I don't think I can separate the camp experience from the follow-up meeting back home that we had the process there. I think it all got together built up in me something that's very important for me and that's to understand yourself what's going on inside yourself and to know how to control it in a way to take it to a good place it brings all the process all the experience in camp and afterwards going back to our societies and our reality brings up so many difficult emotions so many confusion so much confusion and to know how to understand what's going on inside your heart, inside your body, inside your mind, and to know how to control it in a way that you can take it to a positive way, make, uh, become stronger with what you have and accept that, that was a very long and very, very important process that I got from this organization and started in camp.
3: Now, you mentioned the meeting because after the camp experience, uh, you are able to meet. You all get together yes. back home. Can you give an
2: example? In my experience after after the experience of camp when I got back home I went I think maybe one year I went for a few like one two meetings and afterwards I just I just stopped and today I realized because it was too hard until I got to this point when I felt like I don't want to to deny it anymore or to avoid dealing with that so I I got back to the organization what was hard I think it was hard Knowing what I knew and walking with this knowledge in my society with people that couldn't understand my side, it was just easier to stay on my family, friends, my society side and to understand both sides. It was just too painful to be able to understand both of them.
3: So you're saying it was hard for other people to understand your going yeah. to creativity for Peace Camp and doing this work?
2: Um, I don't think they had something like against me going to a peace camp. It was just something against the ideas that I brought back from camp, the understanding of the other side that I brought back from camp and all the difficulties I had, like staying 100% in my side while I'm knowing what's going on in the other side. Um, and it was hard for me to stand in front of my f- friends, family, society, and, and then say, I have both sides in me. So I just didn't for a while. Were you able to reconcile that within yourself? For a while, no. For a while, no. But when I felt like it's just that I need to go back to that, I, I it, it's something that I owe to the, I say sometimes to the world. I have knowledge that is so important, and, and I wish that everyone in the world had this knowledge. So I think it's kind of my job to to spread it around. Well,
3: I hear, I hear that you struggled within yourself, and after... Going through that, which sounds like a very important process, did you then take that and manifest it in your in your daily life?
2: First of all, I think today I'm not a person who's hiding his is other way of thinking. I, I never hide it. I just every time I can I I I let people know that if they say something bad I think otherwise. Many times I try to show other sides. Sometimes my friends are are crazy at me when they want me to take their side in some kind of incident and I'm just trying to show them that there is another side but but I really believe in that and, and I think it affects people when they see somebody who's coming in peace and not in shouting and not in you're wrong I'm right just you're right and I'm right and it, it makes different it opens up people
0: Israeli Jew my Freed and earlier Palestinian Juana Kalem our guests today on Peace Talks Radio. Both are involved with the Creativity for Peace Project, which for them started some years ago when they attended the program's summer peace camp near Santa Fe, New Mexico, which each year brings together adolescent girls from all sides of the Middle East conflict. These two have stayed engaged with the program and are now peace leaders at the camp. More about how they've taken their peace lessons back to their homelands, not such an easy task, when we return on Peace Talks Radio right after this break. This is Peace Talks Radio, the series on peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution. Visit us online to hear this entire program again or any of the other scores of episodes in our series. The website is peacetalksradio.com. That's peacetalksradio.com. I'm series producer Paul Ingalls. More now with our conversation with two graduates of the Creativity for Peace camp experience, Palestinian Joana Galeb from Janine City and Israeli Jew Mai Freed from northern Israel. Since meeting young girls from, quote, the other side at the New Mexico Peace Camp years ago, both of these now young women have stayed active representing peace and tolerance back home with the continuing support of Creativity for Peace programs and meetings. But it hasn't been easy, as Jawana Kaleb tells Carol Boss.
1: I'm going to share a story that uh, happened with me, like, uh, this year. I was with my dad uh, on my way to Ramallah. And we were about uh, reaching uh, Ramallah, but there's a, a checkpoint, and uh, they stop us. And the soldier, when we like when he checked the car and checked us and everything, he told me, "Your dad can pass, but you have to go back. You can't pass." Mm-hmm. And then I told him like. Why I can't pass? And he said, you can't pass today. And I tried to talk to him that I always passed with my father from this way and everything is OK. And he said, OK, but today you can't pass. That's it. Don't uh, discuss more with me. And the people in the car, they were telling me, don't discuss with him. They will arrest you or something. And my dad keep telling me, no, Juana, just go back and don't uh, uh, discuss with the soldier. But suddenly I feel that I want really to discuss uh, with him because uh, like this is something that I really learned from Creativity for Peace, how to be honest and just speak what I'm thinking about, not just stay silent and do nothing. And I told him, uh, okay, I can't pass, but I always used to pass. It's more about humanity. And he like stay silent for like one minute. And suddenly he answered me, this is army. There is no humanity in army. And... But I felt that I really affect this person, this soldier, because like I felt in one moment he just kept silent and he think about it. Like I'm a civilian. I'm with my father. We were in our way to Ramallah. He has a meeting. We had a meeting and he just preventing me for no reason. He checked my uh, bag and nothing in it and then like after a long discuss- like, uh, discussion with him and argument, I just passed, and I did it. But it was after a very long time. It took me a lot, but we passed at the end.
3: It sounds like one of the valuable things that um, you took from your experience at Creativity for Peace is not only how to listen, but how to speak.
1: Yeah, how to speak my mind, even... All the people in the car, they were in fear, like, Joanna, stop, don't talk to the soldier. He will arrest you or he will hit you or shoot you or something. And my dad was so afraid because like, stop talking to him. But even that, I talked to him. He don't, like the soldier, he doesn't speak Arabic and I don't speak Hebrew. We we talked in English and I tried to communicate with him because I know at the end, even if he told me this is the army and there's no humanity, in some point he's a person, he's a human and he will think about it. Maybe because he hates Palestinians he at the beginning he said there's no humanity in army. But at the end I passed with my dad.
3: So beyond the face, beyond his eyes, you were able at that point to see a human being. Yeah. And this soldier who may have had a gun that he was holding.
1: Because like I know that every person like has a human being inside his heart, but the situation make him be bad or think in this way, so I tried to talk to him about a human being because I know that when he will think about it, he will think in humanity, or remember that there's something called humanity, and that 's what I learned also from creativity for peace
3: so I want to ask both of you do you do you think, for example, how to listen and how to speak and being able to see, to see the humanity and in, in the other is um is that a pathway to peace,
2: Mai? Absolutely. When you learn to speak your truth, people are listening. When you try to speak peop- like people's truth or like nation's truth, and everybody has his own truth, and just cause kind of like antagonism. But when you speak your own truth, people can notice that you're a human being, and nobody, nobody can, can ignore that for the long term because everybody has this human being inside of him. So when you show that you are a human being, it's much, much easier to listen to you as a human being and, and to treat you better. And I think that that's, that's a little secret that many people don't know. They try to, to talk as if they're like representing a group or an idea, instead of just representing themselves.
3: Mai, will you share with us your experience uh, with the Israeli army? Which we should say that every young e- man every, and woman yeah. are required to go into the Israeli yeah. army, to serve in the Israeli yeah. army. In
2: Israel, it's mandatory to go to the military once you're 18, or if you want to uh, postpone it in one year to do some uh, community service, you can. And then you go when you're 19. Um, there are many, many different jobs that you can do in the military. So if you go going to the army, it doesn't mean that you're going to be like a combat, like a fighter. Um, in my experience, I didn't go to the army. Um To give you one reason, I can't. I think just in general, armies are not for me. It's not something that I feel that I can or want to do.
3: Uh, what do you mean when you say armies are not for you? What does, that, what does that bring up in you? What does that mean?
2: The ideas of having these levels and someone who's like one year older than me will be my commander and feels like he's the king of the world and treat me like, I won't say bad words, just because he can, and the idea of like, Uniforms and guns it's just not for me, not at all. I think in general, yes, maybe the organization my my experience in the organization got me to the place where i f- where I feel like that about armies in general, and the confusion I got in all the process maybe got me to this place and i instead of going to the army, I did national service. It was a very, very hard process getting away from the army, but eventually I managed to help my society in my community by working in the community and not in the military in a way I believe that w- well there is what we wish the world would look like and there is what the world looks like I wish there weren't any armies in the world but there there are and the Israeli army is not going to go away soon so what I see the Jewish girls are going through this process I think I, I feel I feel relaxed when those girls are going to the army because the army is built up of people. And when a person has gone through the process that people are going through with this organization, he's becoming a better human being. You mean creativity for peace? In creativity for peace. And I felt like my voice is not going to be heard in the army because the army is just not for me. But in a way, sometimes I felt maybe I should have gone just to be this different soldier, just to bring this other idea of, of what the army should be like, what soldiers should act like. Um, and for sometimes I think to myself like the checkpoints, how hard it is. I don't wish to know Jewish girls to stand in the checkpoint, but I wish to all the Palestinian girls that if they are going to a checkpoint, they meet one of the girls from our organization in the checkpoint, because then I know this terrible experience won't be as hard as it is today. Y- you know what I mean? Just being better human beings inside the army that sometimes can be so not hum- human.
3: Both of you went through the creativity for peace camp experience, and then each of you decided to come back and be part of the young leader program. Juana? Um.
1: Actually, after uh, going back home, uh, it was so difficult again, because like I went back to reality We lived here in uh, Santa Fe, uh, in peace, in safe place, no war, no conflict. Everything is perfect, and uh, whatever we want, we just get it. And suddenly, when we get back home, I realized that I'm back to conflict and to the war. And I felt that I'm away from the organization, and I started to forget about the process that I learned because, you know, just when you see the soldiers again and when I see myself in the checkpoint checked again, I just felt that I started to forget what I learned and uh, I forget about the process, the peace process. So I felt that I want to apply to be a young leader. Also because I feel uh, safe with the, the staff that represent our organization, Creativity for Peace, they like they are always ready to hear us, uh, to advise us. And we feel like we are more than organization. We feel family, we feel home with them. So I applied and I uh, started to attend uh, a young leader training uh, back home. Like we we used to have uh, trainings every two months or three months for three days. And it was so useful for all the girls because like we were stressed from the conflict, from the t- the situation around us, from the critical environment that we live in because we meet the other side. But when we used to meet, I felt better and released when we share about our feelings with the girls and with the staff members. Uh, because, uh, again, like creativity for peace is the only safe place that we can share whatever we think or whatever we want without any judgment. So I decided to be a young leader. Um, I have something, but I don't know if I have to share it or no.
3: Why don't you go ahead and do that?
1: When the Gaza war uh, happened, it was a very big siege on Gaza, And uh, the Israeli army attacked Gaza by the end of 2008. And the war continued until the end of uh, June 2009. Uh, It was uh, so difficult uh, time for me because, like, um, I just used to see my Palestinian people died in front of me. And I just was like watching them in the TV and I feel helpless. I can do nothing. I'm a peace organization and I'm not changing anything. And I always try to stay in touch with our Palestinian campers in Gaza. We have campers uh, who were in Creativity for Peace in 2005 and 2006. We used to try to call them to know how, how they are, but like, unfortunately there were like, There was no phone lines and we couldn't reach them. I just tried to reach one of the girls and talk to her. And uh, I lived in a very big conflict uh, during uh, Gaza War. I was thinking about uh, uh, leaving the organization because I felt uh, so depressed and that I'm not changing anything. I'm just helpless. I can't do anything. And suddenly I had a call. Uh, our staff member, Sylvia, uh, called me and she told me that our uh, Palestinian camper in Gaza was killed by the Israeli army. And her family, they were injured and her, wa- her house was destroyed. And that moment I felt so touching and I really decided to leave the organization and I talked to Sylvia. I told her I'm not going to continue in this work because... Like I was uh, so angry and I started to cry and to shout and I don't want to continue. We lose uh, Bisan. Her name is Bisan. We lose Bisan in the war and like the Israeli girls still going to the army and we are not changing anything. And suddenly she talked to me again and she told me that we will have a meeting after the war. And Bisan's sister will attend the meeting and will be with us and you have to meet her. I think a little bit about it, and I feel, you no, know, I want to meet her. I want to I want to talk about Gaza war, but in the same time, I told Sylvia, I can't see the other side. I can't see the Israeli girls. I can't even like um, shake hand with them. And it was so difficult for me. And in the end, I went to that meeting, and it was so, so tough meeting for us and we meet uh, Bissan's sister and what happened then uh, actually at the beginning like when we went to the meeting all the Palestinian girls were together and the Israeli girls were together and we didn't even take, talk to each other we didn't say hi all of us were so angry for each other and they told us that we will have a dialogue and the girls start shouting, we don't want, because we know that we will get fight. And like all of us, we were so angry. Uh, and we had that dialogue. It was very, very tough one. All the girls were angry and sad. Most of them were crying. And the uh, Bisan sisters, uh, she was with us also. And she talked about her sister and how... Uh, the Israeli army attacked their house and how they bombed it and it was a uh, very hard moments for us many girls were angry and like they tried not to share about what they feel but for me I shared and all the Israeli girls they were so angry of me because of what I said and then what happened um After that, like when we finished that meeting, most of the girls, we were uh, thinking about leaving the organization forever. But after that meeting, we felt again that we should continue in this work and we should continue practicing peace because it's still the same idea. Creativity for Peace is the only place that we can share whatever we think and whatever we want in a safe place, and no one can judge us.
3: What do you think would do the most good in resolving the conflict between the sides back home?
2: My, I think for people it's very hard to see both sides. It's very, people have tendency to take one side. And just to remember that both sides are right, both sides are wrong. Both sides have done beautiful things. both sides have done terrible things to each other, which have justification that are not always right, but it comes from a reason and to understand maybe that reasons to accept that doesn't mean to accept them, just to understand to see where it comes from, to see where you coming from and and to see that there are two sides not not to take sides. I'm telling it to people back home I'm telling it to people all over the world. Because even people here, so far away in the United States, tend to take sides. It's either we're with you, with Israel, we pray for you to Israel, or 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 with Palestine, and the Israelis are killing Palestine. Then just see both sides.
3: What would help people to see both sides? Not everyone gets to um, come to create to creativity for
2: peace. I think I reach. I try to reach the people that are around me to show them. My idea is, again, to show the other side with seeing my side. Do you think um, being in
3: political office would be a possibility for either one of you?
2: No, I s- it's not my way. I hate politics. I don't know, maybe. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yes. Is that a new thought in
1: your mind? Recently, after I, like in the last year of the university, And not exactly political, like not exactly political um, uh, voice, but uh, like uh, I believe in change in the world. And I feel that we always need the woman's voice in the government. So from this way, I'm thinking about it. And a woman who believes in peace. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Palestinian Joanna Galeb from Janine City on the West Bank and Israeli Jew Mai Freed from northern Israel, both still engaged with the Creativity for Peace program that began for them years ago as campers at the annual Creativity for Peace camp in northern New Mexico, which brings adolescent girls from all sides of the Middle East conflict together for a couple of weeks of sharing, and the result is usually much caring for each other. Back in 2005, when we first visited with the campers, a Palestinian and an Israeli Jew harmonized on John Lennon's "Imagine" to close a public event.
5: Oh, no, you may say I'm a dreamer, but you're not the only one. I hope someday you join us.
0: For more about Creativity for Peace and to hear our entire interviews with our guests, please visit our website, peacetalksradio.com. That's peacetalksradio.com for other helpful links and access to all of the programs in our series dating back to 2002. There, too, you can send us your feedback, sign up for a free monthly newsletter, subscribe to a free podcast, and importantly, it's where you can make a tax-deductible contribution to the nonprofit media organization that produces this program independently from your local public radio station. In addition to support from listeners like you, support also comes from the Oppenheimer Brothers Foundation and KUNM at the University of New Mexico. Music by Allie Adelman. I'm Paul Lingles. Thanks for listening to and for supporting Peace Talks Radio.